Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cotchin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Penderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well, and we're getting real deep into the 50 most relevant today. We're talking about a very fascinating player. I've got him at number 16 in my 50 most relevant. Adelaide Crows Ruckman, Riley O'Brien. To talk about him, I mean, you've heard him on Coaches Panel podcasts before. If you've played any format of the game, like I mean, any format of the game in the past decade, you've probably either been in a league with him, drafted against him, read an article about him. He is the everywhere man of the fantasy footy community. Uh, Matty McGrath is his name. You might know him as McGrath from a bunch of different places. Uh, now really home of the DT Shiva is uh, really where it is. Hello, mate. How you doing? G'day, MJ and Coaches Panel listeners. Uh, pleasure to be here. Thanks for having having me on, mate. Great interview. I know he's one of your boys, so I had to get you on to talk about him. Otherwise, this becomes too much of me fangirling about an Adelaide Crow, which is not good for anyone. Let, let's look into him in a little bit more detail. 25 years old, the Adelaide Ruckman. And the good news for us, if you've played these formats of the game before, you know that as Ruckman get into the mid-20s, even into their late-20s, that's when they start hitting their prime. That's good news for potential Riley O'Brien owners. Last year, his top score in Supercoach came against Port Adelaide. It was a 161 while in AFL Fantasy. It came against that infamous now mobile phone tweeted game against the West Coast Eagles and Nick Natanui. It was a 115. Nope, that's not an adjusted average score. That's what he did in those shortened quarters. While a career high for him, you've got to go back to 2019. Richmond in 2019, it was in the middle of the year. They had no Ruckman. I think it was Mabia Chol and Noah Bolter that he went up against. But regardless, the points still matter. Unlike uh, whose line is it anyway? It was 146 in AFL Fantasy. And it was a monster. 181 in Supercoach. Not bad, considering it was an R3 for many of us back in 2019. Last year, his average was an 86.7 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. If you want to play the adjusted average game, multiplying it by 0.125, it's a 108, while in Supercoach, a 106. In that format, he's going to set you back just over 570,000, 828K in Fantasy, and $801,200 in Dream Team. And McGrath, mate, it wasn't a great year for the Crows or for pretty much anyone connected to the club. But for Riley O'Brien, mate, he was a shining beacon for the club last year. He was incredible, wasn't he? Yeah, and I think uh, a bit like you, I don't like to talk up many Crows. There's usually not many Crows fans led aside that I'm huge on, but this guy just went from strength to strength and was one of the few players that really took his game to a whole other level in 2020 and um, built on what he'd done in 2019. He just found this way, even with the shortened quarters, and I, and I think the longer quarters are going to help him. I'll talk about that in a sec. He just found a way to always be impacting the game, always to be inside the Crows' top one, two, five players right throughout the game. And it wasn't just, oh, he's a good player in a bad side. That was true last year. But right across the entirety of the AFL, he ranked fifth in the league for hitouts 
and fifth for contested marks. Yeah, he's not just this lumbering bloke that can get around the grounds. He's mobile, he's agile, really strong overhead. And not only did he impact it in those areas, but like I alluded to, he was won the club best and fairest. That dream team in AFL, AFL fantasy average of 86.7, 108, again, I've said as an adjusted average, included six tons, Four additional scores of 80 plus. Again, 80 was the hundreds of 2020 last year. So 10 of his 17 games hitting that ideal scoring marker for us in that format. And his lowest score of the year was 61. Okay, not great. And I'm not a huge fan of doing the adjusted averages too often amongst players. But if you were to play that trend out, that's a 76. That's not horrible for a worst game for a season. So, you know, that sounds low, but contrast that to Brody Grundy. We'll do that a few times. His lowest score last year was a 53, round six against the Hawks. So, again, it's not as bad as it sounds. He ranked 10th for total points uh, across the format, ranked 17th for averages across all lines. And he was ahead of, in both those areas, Lockie Whitfield, Tom Mitchell, and the breakout star of 2020, Christian Petrarca. That's how good he went. While in Supercoach, an average of 106, nine tons. Four over 120, only one score under 82 all year and ranked 20th for total points and averages. And man, what caught my attention, if you look at that stat line of him, while his possession count dropped a little bit, the other key, and yeah, the hit out's sure too, but the other key scoring columns of the games, they either held or they grew. Yeah, that's, there's a few things I like about O'Brien. One of them is his score build. Yeah. I mean, going back to his SANFL days, he's always been an elite scorer. He just, he's involved around the ground and really has a bad game. His hit outs aren't, you know, ever, ever going to be averaging 40 plus, um, but he's always going to give you a few tackles, always going to give you a few marks and he can rack up the pill. Yeah. Um, he's not a huge goal scorer, but uh, he's just got an amazing score build. He's durable has a really great ceiling, which is required if you're ever going to be in the top echelon of rucks. Uh, and he's just as consistent as the the top two in my, in my thinking. Yeah. It, it's crazy. You, you alluded at the top of the episode to like that breakout 2019 season where he was R3 for some of us. And then as the year went on, it's like, maybe I could even put him on the field. He averaged 95.5 that year in AFL fantasy and dream team, eight tons four of them over 120, but we got that little glimpse of what we ultimately saw in 2020. We saw at the back of 2019 where eight of his last nine games were 90 plus scores in Supercoach, the average of 95.2, six tons, four over 120. And I think the good thing for us is at 25 right now, he'll be 26 in about five, six months time. That's the prime spot, isn't it? For Ruckman to build. Like that was when Max Gorn went from, Good Ruckman, 90s in DT and Fantasy, low 100s in Supercoach. That was when he elevated his game to a new territory. Yeah, he went to set and forget. He went to, you know, first round draft pick. Uh, and I think that's, you know, that's where Riley O'Brien is tracking. Uh, I mean, he was well known as that great scorer at the, in the seconds. And, you know, a lot of draft coaches won a league in 2019, you know, picking him up off the waiver wire halfway <laughs> through. Uh, and the only thing standing in his way was Sam Jacobs. And then, you know, the Red Sea parted in 2020. He got that opportunity. And, you know, the people that, that really watched him closely were not surprised, myself included. Um, and the exciting thing is 2020 was a crazy interrupted mm. year. He didn't have a full preseason. 
they were being hubbed. Um, you know, the Crows had the off-field stuff going on, as you mentioned. Yeah. Um, they had a lot of injuries. 2021 could be the first year that he actually puts it all together crazily. So it's really not out of the out of the you know realms of possibility for him to seriously challenge Grundy and Gorn. And he needs to, doesn't he, for us to genuinely consider him because both those boys have been so clear and above. I know Goldie had a hot six to eight weeks last year and Nick Nat previously has done it probably in Supercoach. If if you're considering Riley O'Brien, it's because you genuinely go, he's going to match it with those boys and do it at a cheaper price or he's going to overtake them. Because, Matt, if he doesn't do either of those... Man, both Grundy and Gorn have shown over time they can cut you up if you don't have someone that can go anywhere near them. Yeah, and that decision, particularly in Classic and Supercoach, that could decide your your season in the first month, uh, yeah. really, uh, especially if Grundy or Gorn you know, start off averaging 130, which we know they could easily do. Uh, so really, O'Brien, for me, you've got to back him in from the beginning yeah. as your unique set-and-forget ruck at the expense of one or both of those guys, which when you say it out loud is an extremely scary prospect, but you know, it's been rare in, in history that we've seen the top end rucks staying the top end rucks for year on year on year. Uh, I think even a few years going back, um, we had a, a new top ruck every averaging year. ruck every single year for like a decade or something. Yeah. Um, it's only really the last few years we've been blessed with Gorn and Grundy. Uh, but maybe maybe this is a year that, you know, O'Brien can kick that off. Um, I'd, I'm certainly considering him yeah. in those formats and in draft. Uh, I think he's, you know, he's ascended into the second round definitively. Um, that's I, I got him at the end of the second round last year as a, a reach, nice. um, but it paid off. Yeah, it did. Um, and, and probably helped win me the flag. This year, you know, I probably won't get him there. You know, you might need to to pick him at the start of the second. Um He's got a little bit of height, but, yep. you know, there's not really many negatives that I can think of objectively and with bias. Um, yeah. I think it's interesting. Like, let, let me help you build a case for why you should start him in classic. And as you've said, why you should consider him inside the top 20 selections in, in any of your drafting formats. Cause you're right. He finished ranked inside the top 20 for averages and points across every formats for its last year. So it's not a reach like you alluded to it. Where is Riley O'Brien at his strongest? It's actually his elite aerobic capacity. That's what makes him at his best, his endurance to get from contest to contest to contest. In preseason trials, he's matching it with midfielders. Now, is that a knock on the Crows? Maybe it is, but it shows that he's got the ability, like the midfielders at his club, to keep going and pushing. So I think that's good. I think the longer quarter is only going to further enhance that. Does Riley Philthorpe coming into the Crows hurt him? What's your take on that, McGrath? Is Has that hurt his ruck time, if anything? I think when you look at Riley O'Brien, you can't help but compare him to the the top two because, as I said, you, it's a decision between one or the other um, or one him at the expense of one of those guys, and it's very hard to, to make that case. Uh, but I think there's probably or arguably less standing in his way in terms of being sole ruck, Grundy's got Mason Cox yeah. and Dustin Cameron as the yeah. guys that probably will take more time. Uh, you know, the D's are very keen to get young Luke Jackson in there a little more. True. They're True. also going to go into this year a lot taller with Ben Brown whenever he recovers yeah. uh, and Wiedemann. 
and T-Mac. Uh, and, you know, the Crows, have, apart from Tex Walker, they've got, you know, some young guys. So Phil Thorpe's not going to be ready, certainly not for first-team ruck time. So there's not much standing in his way. And as you said, he's, he's primed for that breakout year at the same point Gorn was. He's a running machine. Mm. Uh, I know from reading a million things about him that he is one of the hardest workers. He wants to be the best. His work ethic's unrivaled. Um, as you saw with the Nick Nat thing, he makes <laughs> notes on every player, every game yep. on how to be better. He wants to be the best. Uh, and I think he could. Yeah. And there's less standing in his way. So there's very little standing in his way to to achieving the unthinkable and, you know, finishing in as a top two or the number one ruck in 2021. Yeah. Um, granted, some things will have to break his way and, sure. and against the others. But, mate, after 2020 and some of the <laughs> things we saw, that nothing would surprise me. Well, you, you talk about that, and I think there's some fascinating stuff that you just pointed out there. Like, if you contrast his back end of the year to the back end of Brody Grundy's, so the last six games, O'Brien averaged in Dream Team and Fantasy a 96.3. Again, you want to play the adjusted average? Fine. That's a 121, while Brody Grundy averaged 78.6, an adjusted average of 98. So, again, nearly a 20-point turnaround across the formats in those final six games. You want to look at it in Supercoach. Um, in the final six, O'Brien averaged 113. Grundy, marginally better, but a 115. But in the, that format of Supercoach, he's about 60K cheaper than Grundy. He's almost 80K cheaper in Dream Team and about 40K cheaper in AFL Fantasy. And every single $1,000 matters for us every single year, doesn't it, mate? Like that, if you think, well, there's not much gap between Grundy and... O'Brien, you mentioned some cases for how you could build that argument in terms of competition for spot. If you're like, oh, I'm 25,000 away from getting steel side bottom, how do I get that $25,000? Then this could be the way. Absolutely. And I think in particularly in the, the salary formats, uh, value, value and compra, you know, compromising and you know, putting together your, your salary build is, is essential. And those kind of decisions, at, at least at the start, are, are things that could make a huge difference. And it could be the difference between getting a rookie that, you know, doesn't play in round round two um, to getting a premium guy that's going to, you know, play, play you know, for the first 10 weeks and make you a bucket load of cash. Um, you know, and, and for the Rucks, yeah, you know, if you think he can, like me, get very close to or match those top rocks, yeah. then that 60K could make all the difference. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know, I personally, I just, I love the idea of picking a unique guy that not many guys are picking yeah. and backing him in for the, the big season. Um, if you picked Sam Walsh uh, last year, um, you know, many thought he'd have the second year blues and he went, he went one better and averaged what, above 95 mm. adjust in, in fantasy. And, and a lot of people are doing the same this year, thinking he's going to have a third year breakout and become elite. Yeah. I love the idea of picking a guy you really rate, doing your research and, you know, spurning a few well-known popular guys at the expense and it coming off. It's, it's a great feeling. Um, and it, it can, in some cases, you know, get you into the top 100 or make you a different, different user at the top because we know a lot of the guys in the top 100 or whatever, they, have, they all have the same uniques, have all the same guys. So picking that, you know, Riley O'Brien over at Grundy and Good could give you that kickstart. Well, he's got that fixture early on that's a real benefit, which is why for me, I think it's a start or a pass. And there's two reasons for it. The reason for the start is that early fixture. These are the guys he's got coming up against him. Round one, Geelong. Who's their Ruckman? Round oh, two. Damn. <laughs> nobody. Round two, Sydney. 
who's there, Ruckman? Round three. Tom Hickey? Oh, gosh. Uh, Round three, Jared Witts against the Suns. Okay, that's decent opposition. Round four, an ageing Todd Goldstein in North Melbourne. Fremantle the week after. Well, that could be anybody, depending on what Darcy's body does. Boy, me, Darcy, take your pick. Could be anyone. Hawthorne, if it's Segler. Oh, man, like we're, we're winning all the way to the bank. Then it's the Giants. Bruce has not played more than a handful of games consecutively at the elite level. So we, while we think he's going to be great, we genuinely don't know. And then probably the biggest challenge of it is Port right towards the end against Scotty Lysette. But again, last year was one of his best scores last year was against Port Adelaide. This is why I don't want to upgrade to him and why I've got to start him for these two reasons. The next yeah, I think you're, you're bang on there. And, and going to that Port Adelaide game, we know that he, he gets motivated by big matches and he's yeah. not put off by a bit of criticism, which, you know, as South Australian fans know, those, you know, those big clashes, uh, there's a lot of pressure. So, you know, if he can kill it and succeed in those big games, succeed against Nick Nat after that, you know, tumultuous <laughs> week, um, then there's nothing stopping him. And I agree, it's start or hold for me. Um, and look, like I said, he it could be the reason to, that puts you behind the pack if you don't choose Gordon Grunny. But similarly, those guys could have a, a poor start and average, you know, about 100 in the first, you know, month or two. And meanwhile, you've got Rob that's going at 120, yeah. 115, uh, and you leave the others in your wake. And then you've got the luxury of upgrading to one of those guns in the middle of the year, maybe after that round 14 buy. Yeah, well, that's the thing. And that is the challenge thing around it too, is round 14, he, he's not going to set you apart because Grundy and Gorn, they're in that same buy round, maybe a big on Rowan Marshall and that DPP is going to help you. Nope, that ain't going to help you that week too. So if if you're into Brian, um, you have got to be all in on, on Rob and go from the start and get him because round nine to 13, his fixture before that buy is nasty. They play Eagles, Ds, Tigers, Pies and Saints. Outside of the Tigers, that's as tough as a matchup Ruckman can get. So it's a start or it is a nothing for me because by round 15, by the time it gets after his bye, it's too late. You, you should have completed that Ruck line. You're in yeah, too much I, trouble. Yeah, and look, yeah, you've got, I think you've just got to absolutely back him in from the get-go, except that like last year, he might have two or three back-to-back scores that are lower. Yeah. But like we saw that his, his floor is not that bad. Uh, last year is better than Grundy's floor. Uh, So, you know, we know that when he gets a run on, he'll be just as good. And, you know, if he can lift that floor uh, and you mentioned he'll benefit from the the longer quarters. Yeah. The confidence is building, man. I mean, I mean, I'm just scrambling now to find my side to see if I can (laughs) start a side and put him in. Uh, Fair enough too. Well, I I think he's right in the mix for us this year. Definitely needs to be on your watch list. If you're looking for anything that could open up some unique parts to your side, he's worth considering. If you like the freedom of the extra cash he gives you, then look at it because I think he's right in the mix. I think I've already got where you're taking him in drafts. It seems like in an AFL fantasy and dream team format, sort of middle to second, you know, middle to back of second round is, is where you're happy. Um, definitely he'll be gone by the end of the third round. Make no mistake of about it. There's no league that's going to let him go outside of the top 30 picks. In a super coach draft, is it similar sort of positioning for you or does it slide a little bit? Well, look, he, I mean, his average was, what, five plus, uh, five, oh, two or three points different when we're talking adjusted averages uh, for super coach. But his end of the season, like you said, was 113. So, you know, I, I think he could still be a second or third rounder in Supercoach. Yeah. Uh, I think 
get the feeling that he's one of those guys that if you love him, you'll love him in every format and you'll probably try and get him in the draft and have him in classic um, and maybe push in super coach. Super coach is probably his, his weakest of the three yeah. games, but also one that he has, you know, the most meat on the bone in terms of improvement. Yeah. So I would not be surprised if he finished, you know, yeah, finished in the top three in super coach as well as, you know, top two in, in fantasy. And um, yeah, I'd still be in super coach looking to take him in the top 30 for sure. Yeah, I think so. And look, you know, the Crows midfield couldn't have been any worse for him last year in terms of support and see if those, some of those hit outs to advantages can really impact some of those score involvement chains he can get involved of. That's another part of the game that can really boost his uh, workload right around the ground. So and look, I, another thing is as well, sorry to cut you off yeah. with this new, the extra space that those defenders have running sure. out of the square. Yeah. They'll be looking for a tall target around the 50-meter line. Yeah. He's the tallest bloke they've got. Take I wouldn't be surprised. Contested grabs. Yeah, yeah, take some contested grabs in the middle of the ground before, you know, turning and delivering inside 50. We could see a few extra marks. Uh, I think it's all trending upwards for Riley O'Brien. It's all trending upwards. The big thing is do you trend it enough to take on the big two of the past few years? If you don't, You've already checked out 20 minutes ago because you're going, I'm not going anywhere near him. But if you're looking and you're open, then maybe, just maybe, you've got yourself a diamond in the rough that not too many are prepared to take on. Hey, McGrath, appreciate your work today talking about Riley O'Brien. Thank you, Matt. I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to come on. Uh, always love talking about one of my boys. Yeah, well, you've done a great job. We've always loved your support and uh, your friendship as well over the past couple of years. If you want to go and read the article, it is online now for you at coachespanel.tv. Uh, if you just started your preseason because you're like, well, I don't look at footy in January. Uh, well, it's February now. You can jump back in. All the other players revealed, they are there. You can go through wherever you're getting this podcast episode. There is well over 30 episodes already of players revealed. And if you want to get some exclusive content, some cash league prizes, team reveals, and early access to these podcasts you can join our patreon supporter group all the links are online for that at coachespanel.tv all right we we hit real deep into the 50 most relevant tomorrow number 15 who is it 